You're listening to the Thomas Talk Podcast with Josh and John. You can listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor, and SoundCloud. You know what makes me really happy, John? Goats. Well, that. And talking with people like you. I think this podcast, as you know, this is our second last episode in this limited series for those who have been paying attention. Uh, it's It's been a lot of fun talking to so many different people and hearing so many different thoughts and ideas on the current Thomas uh, fan base and how the fan base has impacted their lives. It's It's been really interesting. I, I'm really enjoying talking with you, though, too, and being able to work on this with you, John. So thank you for yeah for being wonderful and for being you know it you. is interesting it's almost like stepping outside and socializing is good for you i went for a walk today could you believe it i no, I, I did too but i don't believe that either i wasn't i went for an hour-long walk it was great hmm. um but you know a lot of what we've talked about so far is like i think you said to me individually um on another instance you said that this show was started as, you know, a way to talk about Thomas, but it's more so become talking about the lives of Thomas and how Thomas is in people's lives, which is very interesting uh, and not really what, you know, uh, that's kind of a nice little uh, effect that wasn't intended. Um, but today we are going to be talking a little bit about Thomas because we've got someone else really special that I'm very excited to talk to here. We have Nick. Hello, Hi. Nick. How are you? Oh, you know. Um, Nick is here to talk with us about some of the Thomas episodes that we know and love. Uh, formerly known as the Brennersance, I guess. Is that how we call it the fandom? Brennersance, Brennersance, something along those lines. Something along those lines. Nick knows a lot about Thomas, and he knows how to have a good conversation about Thomas. Um, and you know what? Looking back at season 17 through 20 like that was an exciting time to be a thomas fan it really was because it was the first time in about a decade where the show was actually made in a way that made sense to us at least well yeah yeah i mean i i remember waking up every morning i remember waking up to watch henry's hero and being really excited for henry's hero because yeah duck but then the rest of the the duck only had like a line, but then the rest yes. of the episode was actually really good. I, I remember I had a similar experience around series seventeen and eighteen. I would get up early in the morning just to see the the new episode because by the time I got up, they would have already aired in the UK, and that was that was really cool. And uh, yeah, for about at least seventeen and eighteen, that's what I did. Um, around nineteen and twenty. They, uh, they sort of shook up where the episodes aired, so that sort of dis- disturbed that, but still fun. I-, I lost a little bit of interest in 19, though, and then it just, like, came back in season 20. I have never been as excited to watch new episodes of Thomas in season 20. Like, that was great. I, I, th- I think with series 19 is by that point, we already had two years of really solid Thomas episodes, so... Sort of the excitement of getting something that good, obviously it would have worn off even if the series was still good, which it was. But um, series twenty, it uh, 
it, it sort of revamped that because you got all of those characters from Legend of the Lost Treasure, the miniature engines, Daisy, being brought into the show. Look, Bill and Ben and Daisy and even Duncan being brought into the CGI Duncan. world are, were like some of the best oh. decisions ever made. Yeah, Duncan and the Grumpy Passenger was pretty much an apology letter for the past like seven years. Yeah. Yeah, that is an episode that I really was not expecting to like as much as I did. It was Yeah, um Duncan is one of those characters that when they brought him back, I mean, and this this is the case for a lot of characters, when they brought them back, they really made them fit into the modern series. They didn't feel out of place, which is a great thing about the Brenner era, was that they were able to take characters who haven't been seen in five years, ten years, and made it natural again. Toad. <laughs> Toad was a good one too. Um, like, but I, I can't like. It's hard for you even to remember a time in CGI when Bill and Ben weren't in the show. Bill and Ben, uh, being some of the first model era returnees in the Brenner era, I remember seeing Percy's Lucky Day for the first time, uh, right after it aired in the UK. I was just absolutely amazed at that episode. The way they implemented Bill and Ben, uh, they weren't on the clay pit, which that's fine, because they still had some time to work on the settings, but their implementation into the episodes, the, the voice actor, I think, was brilliant, uh, and the, the slight humor fit so well in that episode. The pacing was so good. It was. Um, I believe... The person who wrote that episode also did, uh, what, the Duncan episode. Davey Moore. Davey Moore. I, um, I actually was following the writers a lot from season 17 to 20. Like, I was really interested in who's writing our episodes. I remember Helen Farrell was, like, the standout one during, like, season 19 and 20. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember in series 18, you had Mark Huckerby and Nick Ostler, they they seemed to like to put action or, uh, you know, any sort of suspense into the episodes, which I liked. And um, the ones that Brenner himself wrote were also pretty solid. They tended to be a little bit more... like They not, were low-key, but yeah. they, they still worked well. Bill or hmm. Ben. I'm thinking about Bill or Ben. I remember uh, when they announced the episode schedule for Series 17 that fall and they had the episode titled bill or ben i was basically counting down the days until that episode aired just because i wanted to see bill and ben so percy's lucky day airing the day before was a great surprise i don't know did we even know if bill or ben were going to be in there that was episode? there was a very small preview that mel at like the beginning like minute or so and mm. as soon as like like uh well, Thomas puffs by and goes, oh, Percy, that's bad luck. And then you hear Bill and Ben's whistle and can see their steam coming from the distance. Uh, but before they appear, it cut. <laughs> I, I remember that so vividly. I wanted to know what they sounded like so badly. It's, it's very strange because I don't vividly remember that. But that sort of tells you how long this has been out. Those episodes came out in 2013. So it's been about seven years wow. that's crazy it doesn't seem like it's been that long were bill and ben in any other episodes other than those two in series 17 yeah uh they were in what was the one with harvey gone fishing. gone fishing 
that was one I I liked that. Um, again, Harvey. I don't think we knew he was coming back until he was in that short bit of Thomas's shortcut. Oh, someone posted it to Twitter. I remember someone posted it to Twitter. I'm just or, like, or like we only knew about him a few days before. We had uh, either way, it was a very short notice return, but but welcome nonetheless. There were some very nice surprises. <laughs> was there anyone, John, for you other than Duncan that you were really excited to see back? No, <laughs> not even Daisy. Um, no, well, so here's the thing. I, the the thing with me, is, I I I kind of got spoiled on on the returnees. Like, I, not that you know, I got used to it. I got like, it was just always kind of not as fun because every single time some stupid news outlet would get the film and of course they take a screenshot of the part with like the the returnee and it's like you just spoiled like the whole surprise and so i just it just stopped yeah big mickey daisy it just it just stopped being fun you know so i didn't and honestly the last time i got really excited was butch Honestly, because like as a kid, I was obsessed with Butch. I was like, I was like, why doesn't he talk? Why isn't he in any episodes? Who is he? And then they finally put him in an episode, and I thought it was the best thing I had ever seen. And now I realized that it was, you know, poop. But uh, oh well. <laughs> I remember being very excited for Toad and Oliver returning in series eighteen. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, I I was not expecting Toad to become the standout character that he became. Honestly, Toad, I think, set the stage for having fairly prominent rolling stock characters because then in Series 20, they introduced a new brake van character. Uh, they gave the Troublesome Trucks a bit more of a role as far as dialogue. Yeah. So, But I think that really started with Toad. Hey, the slip coaches. The slip coaches as well. Mm. Those, I, I honestly wish we saw more of them because those... That was, you know, good design. They used the, um, the the face that was actually implemented within the coach itself. It wasn't a gray yeah. extended face. Uh, so that was the first time that happened. What? Since the Alcroft era, I think. I think so. Since Annie and Clarabelle were introduced. Yeah. Why didn't they, why didn't they ever make merchandise for the slip coaches? Like, seriously. That would have been an excellent release because... A lot of the rolling stock that's available doesn't have a face. Or, or yeah. at least as far as coaches, it, really any Clarabelle, or if you have an old slow coach sitting around, that's pretty much it. So well, they I think that would have been a great opportunity. They could have done wooden railway slip coaches where it's like three in like a little pack like they did with Flying Scotsman or the circus cars. Or they could have done uh, the Trackmaster. Um, you know, they, they could have done adventures or taken player whatever was around at the time everyone would have bought it absolutely it would have uh at least for the older fans that would have been a really popular set no but i think with kids too the thing is with kids is that we you know i used to love getting rolling stock and the more rolling stock i could get the better because then i could make a longer train Uh, and like i said earlier the problem with a lot of the rolling stock was that it didn't have a face. You had the boxcars, the Soder Line Caboose, Express Coaches, Tankers, etc. None of them had faces. And that's sort of the point of Thomas, is that you have living engines and 
coaches and trucks. It makes it more interesting when they have a face. Would you buy Bachman slip coaches, John? Uh, no, because in my <laughs> opinion, like they did, they, you know, yeah, they're cool. They look real, but they something about their design doesn't quite fit. Like all the other coaches on Sodor look, they have a certain look, and then the, the slip coaches are kind of different. And yeah, I get it. It's Great Western. <laughs> yeah, whatever. This is this is Sodor, and I count Magic Railroad as canon, so my opinion doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> I count Magic Railroad as canon. Yeah, well, you suck too, Josh. We can't just say seasons 13 to 16 aren't canon. Well, sure we can. <laughs> Watch me try. <laughs> I Okay, someone posted today on Twitter a clip of Duke with, like, a season 10 narration. And it was like, it seemed like, yeah, it's describing Duke. And I was like, but who is it actually describing? Because obviously Duke wasn't in season 10. It was describing Sir Handel. That makes sense. Really? It was like, Sir Handel is an old, wise engine. When he tells the other engines what to do, they listen to him. I'm like, no, they yeah, don't. Yeah, that's <laughs> not even remotely true. That's... He's he's just a blue version of Duncan, basically. Yeah. Can we also acknowledge that when Brenner took over, a lot of the uh, character inconsistencies were addressed, and that was, that was one of the best things to happen because that carried on even after Brenner left. Mm. Brenner put on like such, he, he did so much work to create a yeah. new world for the Island of Sodor. Because if you look at going into season 20, everyone had a place. Everyone That's had a true. role. You knew where everyone on the Island belonged, right? Judy and Jerome are now at Arlesborough, you know, Thomas and Toby and Percy have the branch line, you know, it was very, it was like the railway series in the sense that everyone on Sodor had their place. Bill and Ben were at the clay pits. You know, it was yeah. like... Um, they actually took the time to develop a setting. And it didn't happen right away. Series 17 didn't have too much of it. But as each season came on, you had more and more of an established setting. Yeah. Locations where the characters would go certain positions, jobs, etc. that were tied to certain characters, and things made sense. You had branch lines again that were acknowledged and certain engines that would run them. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, starting with Series 17, th really the only main uh, location I think that was added was Olstead Castle, which uh, that's an, uh, was a great location to add because they, they can do so much with that. But Series 18, they added the clay pits. Um... What else did they add? They developed the the little western branch line, and and they and they so. took what was already there and built on it, like Scruff yeah. at the waste dump. They're like, well, let's develop Scruff, and then they said, well, let's develop Stafford and Charlie, and they said, let's develop Winston, and then developing Paxton is also one of the greatest decisions they ever did. Yep, and um, they did a lot of that in seventeen early on. Very early on, that's like one of the first things they did. Is okay, let's find a place for everybody. Even the Sodor Search and Rescue Center got like more established and became more of a real thing. Uh, I remember, like even in like fifteen when it was introduced, and they had the characters that were at the Search and Rescue Center. It was still like. You didn't really know why they were there, what they were doing, and it was all addressed in too many fire engines. But in the pre-Brenner episodes, uh, you just felt that characters were just thrown in there if you felt the writer wanted to use them. Really no rhyme or reason. Now, after Brenner, 
has sort of crafted the setting. Uh, the characters are tied to certain locations. They do certain jobs. It just makes so much more sense than randomly throwing them in, in places. And it worked. It all worked. But that's no fun. Let's go to Africa. Well, that's... And China that looks vaguely like San Francisco. Well, okay. So we, we've praised 17 to 20 quite a bit. I think John brings up a good point. There were some bad things that, <laughs> that obviously happened afterwards um that won't be named um but i mean there were there were some episodes that were not that great in 17 to 20 as well i mean the one that kind of comes to my mind is rocky rescue you see 19 19 deviated a little bit because 19 seemed to focus mostly on the core cast of characters not entirely but that seemed to be the primary focus and uh it also seemed like they were sort of taking a low-key approach, which Lost Treasure and Series 20 completely made up for that. But uh, 19 was a bit of a breather. Yeah. Is there an episode, John, that you remember particularly not liking? Uh, there's one character I remember particularly not liking, and I remember I got a lot of crap for this. I cannot stand Marion. Really? No. I kind of get where you're coming from. Like, she's supposed to be a foil, right? But she just comes across as, like, unbearably annoying and ruining everything, and I wish she wasn't there. <laughs> so, yeah, basically any episode with her. Although, I mean, later on they tamed her down, I, I think, but... A little initially. bit. She doesn't really appear very much anymore. Well, that's no, probably because they can't God. afford Olivia Coleman anymore. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the star of Netflix's The Crown voiced... A steam shovel in Thomas the Tank Engine for for a number of years, um, alongside John Hurt and Eddie Redmayne, and <laughs> yeah. But uh, even then, I think the weakest episodes of the Brenner era. I I don't. There's nothing that really sticks out as being particularly horrible. I think the weakest ones are just just kind of weak. Um, they're weak because but even they're then, messy. not that bad. They're weak because they're a messy. The messy. story is just messy, right? Like, it's not as... It, it obviously wasn't as thought out and developed as other episodes. Possibly. But even then, I think the vast majority of the episodes in the Brenner era are... Well, I think they're all worth watching. I, but I do think the vast majority of them are enjoyable. I think even the worst episodes of 17 to 20 are better than what came before it. And after season eight. I'd agree. Like, they're at the very least season eight or season seven quality. So how how do you guys see series 21? Because that's sort of a mixed bag. Uh-huh. Brenner was still technically on the show. And it still sort of used his style. But you could tell that they were making way for something new. Uh, well, Big Mickey was in the season, therefore it is best... Big Mickey being brought back into the show, or being introduced, I guess, formally, was, like, I wish they'd kept it a surprise. That would have been insane. But it also made the two episodes that resulted in that kind of irrelevant. Because why did they just introduce a new crane if... Like, if the crane that's already there is getting developed now. Well, why did they have to introduce so many fire engines? Well, no, What's but... the reason but, to introduce anything? But the other cranes literally, like, at Brendam Docks, the other cranes literally hit each other when they try to work. Like, it's it's 
packed there and Carly doesn't fit yeah. in. She's like Yeah, Carly's design just does not fit the rest of the dogs. Why is she bright yellow? Because <laughs> construction, yellow, safety, health and safety hazard, vests. Jeremy Clarkson's worst nightmare. I don't know. I remember kind of liking the episode where Cranky's working super hard to like try and prove that he's a good crane. Yeah. Um It's season twenty one as a whole, I don't even remember a lot of it because the episodes weren't that yeah. significant. I know Andrew Brenner didn't. Well, he might have written some episodes, but none of them got made. And, and so is it rumor or confirmed that there there were episodes that should have been part of 21, but they got cut? Or Well, they were cut uh, or they were pushed into season 20. I think that's part of why season 20 is 28 episodes. Possibly. Um, I think one of them potentially was Cautious Connor. I'm going to double check that now. But, you know... Brenner didn't write officially any episodes of season 21. And, and Cautious Connor, that's an interesting one, because I believe that happened around the time that the whole muddle with the animation was going on. Well, okay, so this is what I'm seeing on the wiki. Cautious Connor was originally meant to be part of the 21st series, but was pushed to the 20th series instead. And going by production order, this is the 23rd episode of the 20th series. So they pushed it in the writing stage. Interesting. Um, and then they said this was one of the five episodes that was incomplete at the time. Arc went bankrupt and was finished by Jamfield. Mm-hmm. So can we talk about the animation a bit? Because I think that's also a very important part of the Renaissance. I remember my initial reaction to seeing the trailer for King of the Railway being like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was the same. I saw it and I was not impressed. But then, like, the first few episodes of season 17 came out. And I actually remember I was like, whoa, they're doing things with the camera. Like, they're actually, like, the trains, that's, have, that's ex- true. The trains have expressions now. <laughs> I, I do remember that while the, the, the way everything looked was pretty flat. But the what they were able to do with the angles and the camera movement and everything, that was interesting. Because Nitrogen sort of played it safe with their camera movements and angles. Our arc is a bit more experimental, so that was interesting. Yeah, it was it was a different style. I I actually once you once I kind of got used to the lighting and rendering of season seventeen, I was used to it. It didn't take that long. But um, and then the animation it improved. Series eighteen, you could tell that they did more with the lighting. You had sunsets, early morning episodes where they actually made sort of an orange tint on things. It looks good. Uh, and then 19, the, the engines had reflections. The texturing was just so awesome. The lighting was improved. So you can really tell by 19, that's what they wanted to go for. The 19, 20, 21 look of the show is the best look for CGI, 100%. It, it really is. Um, um, but, the, but they even started to improve it in season 17. I remember like halfway through season 17, suddenly things did get a bit better. Um, like, I remember they started adding lamps to engines. I remember they introduced fall, like the autumn look to CGI, which had never been introduced before in CGI. And it looked gorgeous. That made Tale of the Brave a very visually appealing special as well. Despite the fact that they still hadn't quite got the lighting and texturing yet. The fact that it was set in the fall just made it look so good. Now, I want to see where you guys agree with me or where you guys stand on this, uh, Tale of the Brave is the best Brenner special, in my opinion. 
I would say that Lost Treasure is the best, but I do yeah. think that Tale of the Brave is up there, and I think it's underrated. It a, a lot of people talk down about Tale of the Brave. It's it's really that third quarter where it's Percy kind of always acting sad about Gator, uh, but the rest of the movie I think is great. The the storyline about Thomas going to the clay pits. Obviously, that was put in there so that they could explore the clay pits, uh, which was awesome. Uh, the climax with Cranky was oh, brilliant. My, I couldn't. I I was like they they kept that like the part where Cranky was getting pulled off the dock. Yeah, such a secret that when it was happening, I was like, it was the first time in a very long time where I was watching a Tom especially like kind of like white knuckling the couch a little bit. It was I, intense. I was amazed the first time I saw it. Like, the last ten minutes of Tale of the Brave is just so good. Yeah. Um, the rock slide was good. The ending was good. Uh, I I even like the song on the credits by Eggplant. And, and even even King of the Railway, which a lot of people talk down on too, I, I still think that's fairly solid. Not a ton of action occurs. Not a ton of story but, either. But it, it's still... I still enjoy it. Okay. It's, it's low-key... And a lot of people criticize it for having multiple plots, but I don't see that as a bad thing. Cause I don't think film... I don't see it as a bad thing. It just didn't have one central plot. I kind of I remember at the end going like, "What was this about?" It, it did sort of tie together at the end because the main so you had th- what three sort of plots. You had the restoration of Olmstead Castle, which included Thomas, Percy, and James. You had Stevens quest to find his job and then you had gordon and spencer racing and it did all sort of tie together at the end so i, I can't knock it for having subplots yeah okay john you think legend of lost treasure is the best one yeah it's just it's just the most cinematic one i'll agree with that i watched it uh yesterday um or was What'd it the think? day before maybe it was the day before i liked it I liked. I remember the first yeah. time I saw it, I didn't like it that much. Maybe because I still love Tale of the Brave, but I I look back and I'm like, man, we were lucky to get Lost Treasure. Yeah, I I remember when it was first public knowledge that the Arlesdale engines were going to be in this. I didn't I didn't believe it at first. It, it it took me a while. When the trailer for Lost Treasure came out, honestly, it was what thirty seconds, a minute long. The amount of action packed into that trailer was just insane. <laughs> and, and the movie worked so well. I remember when they showed the toys for like Mike, Rex, and Bert. Everyone was like, mm-hmm. well, they made toys of characters that aren't in the show. Don't get too excited yet. You're all getting excited for nothing. And then turns out it wasn't for nothing. <laughs> and even, not even, so you have the miniature engines returning which is great donald and douglas returning great daisy great but even then that too but even then the characters that were introduced in the special were i felt very strong uh sailor john is great the sailor john and skiff was those two characters were an excellent addition even though sailor john was just in the movie but i mean again that's sort of like how diesel 10 up till series it seventeen for just was only in movie. movies or specials. Sailor John, it works for him because he's a cinematic character. But yeah, Skiff, even as obscure as he is as a design, I think was a good addition. And uh, even Ryan was 
he was pretty good too. And they ended up finding places for those uh, for Ryan and Skiff in the shell. Afterwards. Exactly. I think series twenty sort of gave Ryan a good place because he didn't do much in Lost Treasure, but in series twenty they gave him a place. Yeah. In the setting, which yeah. worked well. Well, this is this is great. I wish I could keep talking with both of you about this because I love looking back on season seventeen to twenty. Um, some really incredible stuff here. Uh, that was made by Brenner and the team at ARC and everyone at Mattel. Um, you know, I, I, it's a shame that we're not in that era anymore, but I, I'm so glad that we got it. We are so lucky that we got it. Um, those, those four seasons, those four years, it was a really great time to be a Thomas fan, and I, I wish we still were in it. I wish I could go back and relive The Adventure Begins, for example. But, <laughs> uh, another strong one. But uh, you know what? We have them. And I honestly look back at that, all those episodes with like s- still such a good fondness. Almost like uh, the same kind of fondness that I have for CGI or for the classic series, uh, which is, you know, I, I might get taken down for that one. But I, I will stand by it. But anyways, thank you, Nick, for coming on, talking with of us course. today, uh, sharing your insights. John, I... One day, John, when I next see you, we're going to sit down. We're going to watch a bunch of these episodes. Yeah. I can tell you're so I'm excited. on a Thomas Talk podcast. I've, I have I kind of let go of Thomas a long time ago, but oh, well. <laughs> I'm holding on to you, John. You had the, cl- what is it, clasp of my hand? What? What? How do you say that? I don't know. I, I don't know. Bye. 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 <laughs>